just try to, to skim through this tonight. I might should have saved this message for a Sunday morning, but I, the Lord laid it upon my heart last week or week before, and I prepared it and kind of been waiting to preach it, but uh, I'll just share it with you tonight from Revelation chapter 5. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and it's 14 verses, so it's not real long, but uh, it's, it's a chapter that we've all read and we're familiar with. And I've preached from this chapter before of Revelation. So we're going to begin with verse 1, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 1. And John said this, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said to me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth unto all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth And such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. I want to talk to you tonight on the sevenfold blessing of the Lamb. From verse number 12, they said with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, 
and blessing. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We ask your blessing upon this remainder of this service, upon the preaching of your word tonight. We pray you will open our hearts to receive the seed of your word on good ground. And Lord, may it bring forth fruit in our lives tonight. Be an encouragement to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. When we look... When we look around upon everything that's going on in the nation today and in the world today, all of the trouble and the tumult that's in the world, the, the, the cause of Christ sometimes seems to be lost. When you, when you look and see that there are millions today who never give Him a thought and who have never confessed the Lord Jesus as Savior or Lord, Great multitudes of uh, the, the world today are living for the world, the flesh, and the devil, and their lives are just totally given over to the world and to the pleasures of the world. And, and uh, we see that today. The international look upon the earth is, is dark as well. The nations of the world uh, are at one another. They hate one another. They're ready to spring at one another's throat. We're on the verge in the world today, on the verge of war in several different places. And uh, we look around and we don't seem to see the peace on earth that we sing about and we talk about at Christmas time. Neighbors are not loving others as themselves. Men are not bowing down at the feet of Jesus. But these days form only a small part of God's eternal plan because everything, ladies and gentlemen, is moving toward the great consummation of the plan of God and the purpose of God. God's plan will be fulfilled and accomplished. There is coming a day when Jesus Christ will come in glory and when he will reign as king of kings and lord of lords. There is coming a day, ladies and gentlemen, I can say that tonight with all confidence because we know it in, from the word of God that there's a day coming when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming to remove his people, the church that we talked about this morning, that victorious, triumphant church that's founded upon the rock. He's coming to remove that church from the earth. And then after a time of tribulation, he's coming back again in glory to usher in his kingdom upon this earth where, where, where he will reign on this earth for 1,000 years during that millennial reign. My, 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 we got something to be happy about when you think about that tonight. In Revelation chapter 5, here in this uh, passage that we read, we have a vivid picture of that triumph of the Lamb. 
as John begins to look in this vision upon a majestic scene in heaven and he sees God there upon his throne and in God's hand he holds a book that is sealed with seven seals. The angel cries out and, 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 and the cry goes through heaven and through earth. Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And the Bible tells us, the scripture says that there was no man in heaven. There was no man on earth or under the earth that was worthy or that was able to open the book. And so John breaks down and he begins to weep. But then one of the elders there in heaven said to John, John, weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals. And John looks, and, and, and as he looked up to see, expecting to see a fierce lion, he sees instead of a lion, he sees a lamb that is wet with the blood of sacrifice. And this lamb came and took the book out of the hand of him who sat upon the throne. And the Bible says that all the hosts of heaven begin to sing. And it was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands that begin to sing out in a loud voice in heaven. A, a, a song that grew in volume till every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth had lifted their voices in mighty joyous song of praise to the lamb. And as they sing out, they cried, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And I want to say tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that the only one tonight who is worthy to receive our praise is the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lamb is worthy. Can I get an amen? Amen. Who is this lamb? Well, we know who this lamb is. This lamb is Jesus, the Son of God. He is the one whom John spoke of. There at the banks of the Jordan River, when he pointed to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This lamb is the one who died upon the cross as the sacrifice for sin. And in heaven he still bears those marks of sacrifice. John saw him as a lamb. A, a lamb that had been slain. And no wonder the multitude sing, Worthy is the lamb who was slain. He's slain, he was slain and resurrected to give us complete and total redemption. But this text that I read to you tonight says, Worthy is the lamb, not only the lamb that was slain, but worthy is the lamb to receive. The throng in heaven tells us that he is worthy, the lamb of God is worthy to receive certain things. And in this text tonight, there are seven great possessions that belong to the exalted Christ. And through the cross and by the cross and what Jesus there did, there is a sevenfold blessing that is given to Christ and not only to Christ, but I believe that this sevenfold blessing is, is given to the body of Christ as well and to the believer and to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 
verses 16 and 17, that we are the children of God. Amen? The Spirit bears witness. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And Paul goes on there in Romans 8 to say that if we're children, then we're heirs of God and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And then in that 32nd verse of that 8th chapter of Romans, he made this statement. And he said, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I don't know whether you realize this or not tonight, but we are a blessed people. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ are, is blessed. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 3 that he, the Lord Jesus, has, past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what Jesus has, has purchased at Calvary that uh, belongs to him, he has shared with the saints and with the church in this day and hour in which we live. Every day we receive of his blessings. And can I tell you that one of these days, very soon, we're going to receive of everything in glory, in in heaven that he has died and purchased, died to purchase for us at Calvary. All that we receive today, everything that you have in life and that you receive from the Lord, everything is received because of what he has done for us at the cross. Every blessing comes from him, through him, and by him, and by what he did at Calvary. That is the basis of our faith today, ladies and gentlemen, for anything that we receive, whether it be salvation, whether it be the... Uh, our sanctification, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, healing for our body, everything that we have access to through the Lord Jesus comes by what he did at Calvary and the price that he paid there. And as we look here at Revelation chapter 5, we see a sevenfold blessing of the Lamb that every believer needs today. A sevenfold blessing that is pronounced upon the Lord Jesus Christ that he is worthy to receive, that he is also made available to the believer and to the church today. And the very first thing that it says was there in verse 12, that with a loud voice John heard these, the, the 10,000, times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying, worthy is the lamb to receive, first of all, power. Can I tell you today that he is worthy to receive power because Jesus is all-powerful. Now, we have talked about this, and, and uh, here lately we've been talking a lot about Jesus and his power, but, but I want to reiterate that tonight, that he is powerful and that all power and authority has been given to him in heaven and in earth. The Jesus that sits on the throne in heaven tonight is still a miracle worker, and he brings 
brings that power. He uses that power of his to bring salvation to the lost, to bring healing and deliverance and blessing to every one of those who will trust him. We sing about it, we preach about it, we talk about it, that nothing is too hard for the Lord. He can do everything. Job made that statement, and I concur with Job when he said, Oh, Lord God, you can do everything. Jeremiah said that there is nothing too hard for him, and he is the same, Paul said, yesterday, today, and forever. How many will agree with me tonight that Jesus is almighty and all-powerful and worthy to receive power? Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. It is through his power only that the sinner can be changed and forgiven and set free from the bondage of sin. Paul said this of the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Romans, that Jesus was declared and is declared to be the Son of God with power. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about some mighty power tonight. But you know, we understand and know that Jesus has all power. And we know that God has has given him all power and authority in heaven and earth because of his death and resurrection. But can I tell you this? That, that the Lord is worthy to receive power, but Jesus has also promised power for the believer and for us to be able to have power, the very power of God in our lives as well. How many believe that tonight? The the Lord said this, Jesus said this to his disciples before his ascension. He said, you shall receive power. Power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. He told that group of disciples there that saw him ascend. He said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but you go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus didn't tell them to go preach. He didn't tell them to go start a church. He didn't tell them to go have Sunday school or anything. He said, before you do anything, you get back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost until you are endued or clothed upon with the power of God. I believe that every believer and every church needs and must have power from on high. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Are we a Holy Ghost church? Huh? Amen. We are a Holy Ghost church. And uh, we can't accomplish anything today without the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Every believer needs the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I, I, I've told you this before, but I, my prayer for every saint of God here at Abundant Life is that every one of them, every one of you will be filled with the Holy Ghost, will be overflowing with the power of God. 
That very same power and anointing of the Holy Ghost that was, that was upon Jesus is available for the believer today. Amen. The same anointing and power of the Holy Ghost that Jesus had in his life. Amen. The Bible says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost in power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And that very same power that, that he had... That that he has, he's made available to the body of Christ, to the church. God help us tonight not to be a powerless church, but help us tonight to have the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in our lives and in our church. Come on, amen. It's the power of God. You know, Paul said in Ephesians 3 and 20 that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. All that we can ask or think. But you know what he said? He finished that verse by saying that it's according to the power that worketh in us. Do you know you've got some power working in you tonight? If you don't, you need to have some power. The power of the Holy Ghost. You need and I need and this church needs. And every born again believer must have power to do the works that God has called us to do. Amen? Praise God. But then he said, worthy is the lamb not only to receive power, but secondly, to receive riches. What does that word mean? The word riches there means abundance and fullness. And it tells us there that Jesus possesses the wealth and the abundance that, that, that we need to meet any and every need that we may have in our life. Can I tell you something tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that if you are a blood-bought child of God and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, if your name is, in, is written in the Lamb's book of life, I'm sure everybody here can say, yeah, my name's there. Is your name there? Are you born again? Are you a child of God? Amen. I'm sure that you are. Well, can I tell you, if you are a child of God tonight, that you are rich. Oh, I got a few amens. Praise God, it's getting better. You are rich. Your bank account may not show it. And somebody may say, well, you, yeah, you don't know. You haven't seen my checking account. But I can tell you this. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your bank account may not show it. But you are a spiritual millionaire. Paul preached the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul spoke of the riches of his grace and also of the riches of his goodness. And anytime we speak of riches or wealth, the first thing that we think of is financial prosperity or financial wealth. But I can tell you tonight that there is a wealth and riches that the Lord has given to every believer tonight. You are, amen, you are a millionaire in the things of God and in the spiritual riches and spiritual wealth of heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says this. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and this verse of Scripture has been taken 
by many of the prosperity preachers and uh, used in a wrong way. But, but this is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8 9. He said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, and he was in heaven. He's speaking about his pre-existence with God in heaven before he came to the earth. That he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. People have taken that verse and said that, that God will make you wealthy financially. And I don't believe that's what Paul was speaking about at all. But he was talking about how that Jesus left the splendors of heaven, came down here, went to the cross of Calvary, and became poor. That through his poverty, you may have the spiritual wealth and spiritual riches of heaven. Amen? Praise God. Listen, the Bible tells us that he supplies all of our needs according to his what? Riches in glory. Can I tell you that there's an abundant supply for the child of God, for the believer? And can I tell you this? Jesus came to this earth, was poor in his, in his earth life and earth walk. Amen. He went to the cross, was put in a borrowed tomb, but he rose again on the third day and today right now he is exalted and seated at the right hand of almighty God and can I tell you Jesus isn't poor anymore he's not broke anymore amen hallelujah he has all the riches and the splendor of heaven he owns the cattle on a thousand hills he owns all the gold and the silver he has the resources that, 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 that it takes to care for any need that you may have in this life Amen. Any need that this church has, I'm telling you, Jesus has the resources to take care of you and to supply your every need. And there should be no lack and there should be no want within the life of a believer today because we serve an almighty God tonight, hallelujah, that knows how to bless us and meet our needs and provide for us. Can I get an amen? My my Lord, we are blessed beyond measure tonight if we're children of God. David said, hallelujah, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He takes care of our every need. Come on, amen. Hallelujah, he is El Shaddai. That is the almighty God. He's not El Chipo. Hallelujah. We're talking about a Jesus that fed the multitudes and fills the widow's meal barrel and multiplied the oil for another widow woman. He provided tax money in the mouth of a fish to, for Peter to pay his and Peter's taxes with. I'm trying to tell you that he is worthy to receive riches and he has the riches that you need to supply your every need tonight. Amen? How many believes he'll do it? And then the third thing he said, that the lamb is worthy to receive wisdom. And this speaks of the omniscience of Jesus. He sees and he knows everything. He knows all of your problems. And he has the answer tonight to every dilemma that you have. 
I thought about how the queen of Sheba came. The Bible says Jesus talked about that. That the queen of Sheba came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. She traveled a great distance to come when she had heard of the wisdom of Solomon. But then Jesus said, behold, a greater than Solomon is here. He is the very, Jesus Christ is the very wisdom of God. He is made unto us. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 that Jesus is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So he is our wisdom today and he has promised us in his word that if we need wisdom what are we supposed to do ask of God he said if you need wisdom if you lack wisdom go to God and ask him in faith believing and he will give you the wisdom and the direction that you need see listen to me tonight I think we all know this but the wisdom of Jesus Christ him being omniscient his wisdom has the solution to all of life's problems we, we fret and we worry and we get concerned and we, we get upset about the problems of life many times but you know what Jesus has the answer there's a lot of times I don't know what to do I don't have the answer or the solution to the problem and I, I you know you, you, you sit around and you think well I don't know what to do and all of us have said that before haven't we I just don't know what to do but you know what there is wisdom available to us from the Lord Jesus Christ for every problem that that we may face every single day of our life. There are decisions to be made. And you know what we need to do? We must look to the Lord Jesus Christ for the direction and the wisdom to make the right decisions. My favorite, so a couple of my favorite verses, and I use these a lot when people, um, you know, come for counseling or need advice. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 are, are two verses that speak to our hearts and that we need to put in practice in our life. But in Proverbs chapter 3, he says to, uh, he says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean to your own understanding, but in all of your ways. Let me say that again. In all of your ways. This is Proverbs 3. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and what he shall direct your paths. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'm glad for the wisdom of God tonight that we can go to him and just admit to him, Lord, I don't know what to do. I need direction. I need wisdom. He is our wisdom tonight. He's one of the one of the nine gifts of the spirit is a word of wisdom. All it takes is one word from the Lord spoken to your spirit, dropped into your spirit by the Holy Spirit that will give you, turn. it just turns the light bulb on and you just know what to do. And you know what? The wisdom of God is so profound that when it happens, you just think, how come I didn't see that before? Praise God for the wisdom of God. He is worthy to receive riches, to receive power and riches and wisdom. And that wisdom is available to you and I as believers. 
The fourth thing that he's given us that he is worthy to receive, and we're talking about the sevenfold blessing of the Lamb that is available to the church. And that fourth one is strength. He is worthy, worthy is the Lamb to receive strength. How many feel like many times you need strength in your life? Spiritual strength, physical strength. But there is a difference. We've talked about power. But there is a difference between strength and power. A person may be powerful, a powerful individual, but yet have no moral strength. Samson, I think, is a good example of that. Samson was a powerful man in the natural. There was a man when the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him, he could pick up the gates of a city and carry them for several miles upon his shoulders. When the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he could take the jawbone of a donkey and kill a thousand men. He was, pow- he was a powerful man, but yet Samson lacked moral strength. He, had, he, he couldn't deal with temptation. He had a problem, you know. He, he had a problem with temptation, and he yielded, yielded to sin. And it was the ruination of his life. And so it's good to have power, but we must have a strength as well, a moral strength. The Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated uh, the strength when he faced everything that Satan hurled at him. When he faced every temptation, every attack of Satan, everything that the devil did to try to bring Jesus down, Jesus faced the enemy and never flinched and never yielded to any of the temptation that the enemy brought to him. Him. We have it recorded in Matthew chapter 4, I think, and in Luke chapter 4, the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. But those were not the only temptations that he faced. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet he did not ever yield to those temptations or ever commit one sin. How many believes tonight he's able to give you and I that spirit? spiritual, moral strength to be able to stand against every attack, every wile of Satan, every temptation of the enemy. Amen. We have got to have that strength. Amen. Jesus is the stronger than the strong man. Jesus is the one that has bound that strong man, the devil. He has disarmed Satan. He has overcome him and left him powerless and defeated. And I want to tell you something tonight, saints of God, we must not constantly talk about how strong the devil is because the stronger man lives on the inside of us and he gives us the strength we need to be victorious and overcomers when the enemy comes in like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Come on, amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. It just bothers me when I hear people talking about how how strong the devil is, how powerful the devil is. Well, I'm going to tell you what, he has some power, yeah. He's an an angelic being, but that devil has been defeated and
and stripped of his authority and power to operate against the child of God, you have the greater one, the stronger one living on the inside of you. And if you will depend upon him, that strong man, he will always give you the victory. Somebody said, well, you know, yeah, the devil, though, he's a, he's, a, he's a roaring lion. He's going around devouring people. Well, that isn't actually what the Bible said. It said that he is as, he walks about as a roaring, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That tells me he can't devour everybody, but he has to find somebody who will let him devour them. Well, I've made up my mind he ain't chewing on me come on hallelujah he's as a roaring lion but I just read to you tonight that there's another lion that's more powerful than that old lion the devil and that is the lion of the tribe of Judah and he has prevailed and he has overcome and strength from the Lord is given to the child of God tonight and made available to us tonight it's strength for the battles when you get in that place when you feel weak and you feel like victory's out of reach just remember that he is the strong one Jesus is the strong one and he will give you strength to overcome amen all of the resources of heaven are rushed into uh, to your side when we call upon his name he said in Joel 3 and 10 let the weak say I'm strong Psalm 27 and 1 said the Lord is is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 41 and 10, he said, I am with you and I will strengthen you and I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. I'm talking about the greater one, the stronger one, the mighty one. Worthy is the lamb to receive strength and his strength is for you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Last of all, I'm going to put the last three together. Worthy is the Lamb to receive honor and glory and blessing. He's worthy to receive power. He's worthy to receive riches. He's worthy to receive wisdom. He's worthy to receive strength. And he's worthy to receive glory, honor, glory, and blessing. We love to heap honor upon men today. The world does. We honor, the world honors athletes. They honor actors. They honor singers. They honor politicians. Don't ask me why they do that. But most of those that are honored by the world are not worthy of the honor that is given them. But Jesus, there is one that is worthy, and Jesus is worthy of all the honor that can be given unto him tonight. No one, ladies and gentlemen, no one has ever done for us what Jesus Christ has done for us. Nobody has ever done for me. People have done good things for me in life. But no one has ever done for me what Jesus has done. He found me. 
He found me when I was sunk down in the mire of sin and on my way to a devil's hell bound by the powers of darkness and could not break free and could not lift myself up. But Jesus Christ found me. He came down to where I was and he lifted me up and brought me out of that miry clay, set my feet on a solid rock, made me a son of almighty God and put me on the road from hell to heaven. Glory to God. And I'm telling you that right there is enough. If he never did anything else for me the rest of my days, that is enough. All praise and honor and blessing and glory is due to him for what he's done in my life. How many feel like that tonight? He's worthy of my praise because of what he's done for me. Amen. The Bible tells us that he's worthy of honor. But yet he said in John 12, 26, that if any man serve me, him my father will honor. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 2 and 30, I believe that it is, that it says those who honor me. God said those who honor me, I will honor. Well, there isn't any greater honor that I know of today than to have God to honor you. And the way to honor God is to honor his son. As you honor his son, God will honor you. My Lord, I'm about to shout tonight. When we follow the Lord, Jesus Christ, and serve him and love him a day is coming ladies and gentlemen that it will be worth it all and we will have the honor and the glory of being in his presence in heaven and one day he's going to heap his honor and glory upon us that you cannot imagine what it's going to be like when you stand before the son of almighty God Jesus didn't receive any glory on this earth. He left the glory of heaven to come here to be scorned and to be hated and to be persecuted and mistreated. And finally, to be crucified on an old rugged cross. But I'm telling you something today. I know I, know I said here a while back, somebody had on Facebook a picture of, a, of some people, you know, protesting. And one lady, young lady, had a sign up that said something about if Jesus, if Jesus comes back again, we'll crucify him again. Oh, I'm telling you, they don't know how foolish and how ignorant that they really are. Listen to me. He was crucified that first time. But I'm going to tell you what, when he comes back the second time without sin to salvation, he's not coming back to be beaten. He's not coming back to be scorned. Uh, hallelujah. Right now, all the glory of heaven is his. And he's sitting at the right hand of Almighty God, high and lifted up, highly exalted. A name has been given him that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father and he's coming back again one of these days and he's not going to be ridiculed and he's not going to be crowned with thorns but he'll be crowned with a royal diadem and called King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh, he's worthy to receive glory and honor and praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth that royal diadem and crown him 
Lord of all. Hallelujah. Paul said in Romans 8, 18, worship team, you can make your way back. Paul said in Romans 8, 18, for I reckon, he is a southerner, you know, Paul was. <laughs> for, I, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Brother Rods, the day's coming that he is going to glorify his saints. I can't hardly stand to think about it, how good that is. Amen? He will glorify his saints. One of these days, very soon, at the rapture, the sound of the trump, when the dead in Christ rise, and we which are alive and remain are caught up to Meet the Lord in the air. We're going to be changed, Paul said, in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. The mortal shall put on immortality. Corruption shall put on incorruption. Death will be swallowed up in victory. And he said, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? And I'm telling you, you're going to have a brand new, every saint of God will have a glorified, I'm talking about worthy to receive glory. He's going to glorify his saints with a glorified body. I was talking about that, some of us this morning back there. They were talking about my birthday and getting older. Amen. Yeah, I got a few more aches in my joints and in my shoulders and in my neck. And uh, I can tell. I told Vicky the other day, I was in the mirror and I said, I've got some few more blonde streaks in my hair. <laughs> she said, them ain't blonde, honey. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. Look on the bright side. Some of my, <laughs> some of it's disappearing. Amen. My hair is not only turning gray; it's turning loose. <laughs> but that comes with aging. And Paul said that. Paul said that this outward man is perishing, but the inner man is being renewed day by day, every day. We're being renewed inside, but outwardly we're perishing. And this body that we live in has not been redeemed yet. That's the very thing that the saints are groaning for and looking for and hoping for and waiting for is the redemption of this body when it will be glorified at the rapture. And we'll receive a body just like His glorious body. Amen. Just like Him. We shall be like Him, but we shall see Him as He is.